they're a big, physical, imposing O-line, too. That's the thing. They're big across the board, um, with the exception of Jason Kelsey. But then when you look at Cleveland, again, another well-coached unit. You got Petonio, who's, you know, all pro caliber, really good player. You've got Wyatt uh, Teller, who's all pro, uh, pro bowl type of player. Um, and then you've got Jack Conklin, who's come back in, really good run blocker, does just enough in pass protection. That's just who he's been his whole career. Um, he's not going to hurt you. Um, and then you got Jedrick Wills, who flashes still. And I think they want Wills to continue to take that step. And then you've got a solid uh, veteran starter in Ethan Posick, um, who's healthy, who's kind of taking the reins of that starting position, um, gives them a big physical presence. Because, again, you know, Posick is another big body. I mean, he's a 6'7", 325 center there in the middle that can move a little bit, that can latch on the guys. And he's been really solid for uh, Cleveland. So those two lines in terms of what they're asked to do, um, really, I think you could make the argument, Brandon, that they're designing offenses based upon the O-line um, and not so much doing things to cover up, you know, the deficiencies in that O-line. They're able to run the offenses they're running uh, because, of, you know, respectively the five guys up front in Cleveland, the fly guys up front in Philly. And I think that's a stark difference in a lot of units where there's got to be a lot of window dressing and there's got to be a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's got to be a built-in help with different units to kind of hide some of the, uh, you know, weak leaks or, uh, you know, uh, holes and up front. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, they're, yeah, their running games are just multiple. Um, I mean, they, yeah, they mix it up. And yeah, I think, I think you really, you nailed it there as well. And just kind of outlining what makes them special. So I guess what's, more interesting now is is kind of identifying some of those other units you know maybe in that next tier that you would consider uh you know being in that second tier of offensive line play right now as units and you know I'll, I'll list a couple here that I would throw out there I'd put I'd probably put uh Kansas City New England Detroit Dallas even though Dallas as of late you know there's maybe some some concerns that we could talk about and then after that, man, it, I think there's another kind of drop off. Um, th there's some units that are that play well at times that could be considered here. You know, maybe the Packers, you know, if they can get healthy or whatnot, the Ravens, if, you know, Ronnie Stanley's going to play full time and some other ones. But Lions, Chiefs, Patriots, Cowboys, to me, is kind of the next grouping. Um, anything stand out, you know, for, for those units to you? I, I guess I would also attached to that with the lions i think at right guard they have an issue right now and uh that's really hurting them you know so, i mean because they're strong elsewhere you know that was the first unit that i was going to kind of talk about is that the lions o-line may not get the credit that they deserve right now um but they've got a they've got an issue at right guard but to me they're probably the first team in that next tier um of offensive linemen they and their record isn't an indictment on who they are as an offensive line because they are a big physical offensive line uh, themselves that can beat you up that protect really well run block and then they've got athleticism to get out in space and make impactful blocks but they've got to figure out something uh, uh maybe it's one of those where they're going to live with on the right guard but i mean 
the right guard is an issue for them right now. I think Panay Sewell, we talked about him um, in the last episode, is playing outstanding football. We know Frank Ragnow, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game, you know, easily a top, you know, five to eight center, I think you could say. Uh, and then, you know, Jackson and uh, Decker are, are really, really, and Jackson more specifically is a really dynamic player at guard. He's fun to watch. You can turn on games. It doesn't matter if it's pass protection, run blocking. Uh, you know, he is starting to be in the conversation for one of the top guys uh, in the game. And then Decker's a solid veteran starter, you know. Um, Decker's a guy that is going to win against the majority of the league. Some of those elite guys are going to give him trouble. I think we saw that last week against Michael Parson. Mm-hmm. That's who Decker is. Uh, but you can win with those type of guys, um, and they do a good job with it. But right guard is an absolute issue. Um, you know, it's one of those things where they can isolate the right guard that they're getting pressure up the field. Um, they're splitting double teams on that as well. Uh, so I would like to see them try to figure that out, but yeah, lions right there, uh, Cowboys rolling. Although we can kind of get into this, um, they've got to figure out their left side. Um, you know, it's funny. We live in a world and when I say world, I mean like a Twitter world where it's instant analysis and instant gratification um, and, and everything is instant. And so I remember back to a couple of weeks ago when Jason Peters debuted at guard, he had a pancake block and, oh, see, I told you he could play, he could play guard. Well, Jason Peters really hasn't been that effective at guard, you know, looks yeah. out of sorts, he gets turned around a lot. And I talked about my concerns with Jason Peters. Uh, being a Hall of Fame left tackle, moving into guard where the spacing and the timing is completely different. And I think you saw that every time he's gotten, you know, I I don't even want to say extended reps at guard because it hasn't gotten to that point. But I think the bigger concern right now is that um, who they do have starting at left guard and Connor McGovern, um, every time he's gotten a starting opportunity, it's never really earned. It's kind of been like deep by default. And, you know, in my opinion, he's a quality backup. You need those guys. You need a guy that can play both guard positions and both centers. But um, to me, he, he gets beat far too much. Um, and pass protection, um, they're going to isolate against him with guys like John Allen and, you know, Hargraves and Dexter Lawrence. And we've seen that. Um, but the bigger concern as the season is going on and, um I think I kind of touched on this this week on social media is Tyler Smith. And yes, Tyler Smith's a rookie. He started off at guard. They're thrusting him in. So playing left tackle with Tyron Smith being out. But there's people who are saying that he deserves accolades and he doesn't. You know, I work with Tyler Smith. But one thing about the people that I work with, the players that I work with, people around me is I'm going to be very transparent and honest about where guys are at despite what Twitter or social media thinks of me being biased at times. But Tyler Smith has struggled in pass protection. There, I mean, you could put on five to six impactful plays per game in which that he's struggling with, in addition to a hold or two per game where he's getting called for. So I still believe in, uh, you know, I think this is his floor right now. This is in which – if this is his floor as a rookie thrusted in, you know, he's going to have a really good career. Uh, yep. But as an offensive lineman, in terms of 
um, what needs to happen as an offensive line unit, you want to get your best five out there. And I still truly believe that your best five for Dallas involves Tyler Smith moving into left guard and Jason Peters to left tackle. And the question that we touched on last time and it's come up weekly is, oh, Tyron Smith is on, you know, he could be coming back. Okay, so when Tyron Smith comes back, what happens? I tell you what happens. He plays left tackle. I mean, when Tyron Smith comes back, what happens? When Tyron comes back, he plays left tackle and Tyler moves into guard. It's probably just how it's going to be. So it's interesting. I think the Cowboys are at a crossroads Mm -hmm. this back half of the season. Um, You're going to start to see, um, you know, more dynamic pass rushers. You got Washington again. You got Philly again. You got Green Bay. You got the Bears coming up. Um, It's going to be interesting, to say the least. But they've got to figure it out because center, right guard, and right tackle are rolling. Yeah, they got the Bears this upcoming week. Um, you know, who just traded Robert Quinn. I don't think that that's going to be much of an issue. Uh, and if it is, then, you know, maybe we'll see a change sooner rather than later. But then they go into the bye week. And then I think that's when, depending on how that Bears games go, Bear games go as well. And, you know, they'll factor some things in, consider some things. And then coming out of the bye, they have Green Bay, um, you know, on the road. So, It'll be interesting to see, you know, based on how this next game goes and what they do, because I agree when I watch Tyler Smith on film, I see, you know, four, five, six reps a game that are really concerning that may not result in, you know, a bad play for the offense for various reasons. The ball's gone, uh, whatnot. Their their time to throw this year is seventh and seventh fastest in the NFL. Um, which I think has helped kind of mask and mitigate maybe some quick losses that that left side is has had in pass protection this year um they're getting blitzed a lot and they're not getting sacked a whole lot uh which is nice but i think that that's partly because you know cooper rush obviously is a limited guy you know and filling in with dak but he was getting rid of the ball um you know which is i think has helped uh and that's kind of one of those things that ties into offensive line evaluation as well when guys say you know, oh, so-and-so didn't give up any pressures, which oftentimes might be wrong in of itself. But if a guy doesn't give up a lot of pressures or sacks or whatnot, a lot of the time that has to do with the quarterback play. And I think, you know, Dallas has been getting bailed out a little bit and winning some games because they have an elite defense and whatnot as well. But as the season progresses, as things get tighter, you know, there's more high leverage situations. I think ultimately their best five is what you said. And and I think that's going to matter more later in the year. Um, so we'll see what they do. But I agree. I think Peter should be a left tackle, man. I hate to be the guy to say I told you so, but I remember when there was some debate right before the first game, I put out a series of tweets where I said, hey, listen, against Todd Bowles, I don't want an inexperienced left tackle um, out there on the edge. I said, because all it takes is that to, to ruin the investment in your quarterback. And um, to a lesser extent, that's what happened. You know, Smith got beat on the edge. Um, and because he got beat, uh, his guy, essentially, it was in the face of Dak, and that's how he broke his thumb. Um, I just – I would have felt a lot more comfortable with a Jason Peters on the edge there. Um, and, all, and, 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 again, I think I, I said it leading up to that game is you're one snap away from playing old guard, you know, number three and that's what ended up happening when uh 
McGovern went down and then you end up having uh, Matt Farniak come in who Matt just went on uh, IR with a torn hamstring. So yeah, it's interesting. Dallas is in an interesting situation in terms of how they're going to handle that left side. Um, and again, if all things being how we always expect them to be in terms of putting your best five out there at some point, you got to really question like, what are we doing? You know, what is our best five going to be? Because like you said, those five or six plays, those can come back to hunt you. Yep, absolutely. And there's some precedent for how to handle Tyler Smith too. I think you look back at Tunsil, you know, he played left guard rookie year uh, when Brandon Albert was there, you know, because you had that vet in place. And I mean, that's kind of what I think they should have done here is put him at left guard because you have that vet in place. And then if you want to play him at left tackle next year or whatever, do it. But this year with when you have a Hall of Fame caliber guy out there to to play left tackle, I mean, maybe two Hall of Fame caliber left tackles. I mean, to me, it's it's pretty easy, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, obviously, we disagree with how they've handled it. And it's, you know, drawn mixed reviews so far. But you point out a lot of really good stuff there. Well, it's funny. It's funny because I think we had somebody yesterday tweet at us that, you know, Tyler Smith deserves accolades for what he's done as a rookie. Yeah. I'm saying, how can you say that when we've got recent examples in a uh, Rashawn Slater was an all pro, you know, Panay Sewell was very good as a rookie. Uh, you've got Creed Humphrey, you got works, you got, you've got Trey Smith. Those are all guys that have come in and not held their own. They've been flat out fucking good. Yeah. You know? Right. So in terms of accolades, like we don't hand out participate participation trophies here. It's right. like you're either good or you got to get better um, in situations. But I mean, there's way too many, recent examples of very good rookies that have come in and made an impact uh, and uh, to, to applaud, uh, you know, I don't even want to say average play, you know, up and down play really. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. here's the thing. I know Tyler, Tyler is a hundred percent accountable. He's a hard worker. Um, and again, I think this is his floor. This is, this is he's gonna go to work in the off season. He's working even during the season um, to get better, and that's all you can ask for um, a rookie is, is to get better. And what I love about Tyler is that his mentality towards you know wanting to get after people and wanting wanting to uh, to get better is is really what's gonna set him apart. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's great to hear all that you know off the field stuff is in place with Tyler because obviously the talent is there, and I think he's gonna be a really good player, but. Yeah, this year, expectedly, I think, too, you know, for, for us and based on my evaluation of him at Tulsa, like it's it's up and down, you know, and you see the strengths, you see the weaknesses, may need a little time and guard might be his best spot in the short term. So we'll see. Hopefully he'll he'll get kicked inside there. That would be fun to watch with that left side. Um, so breaking off into some other units that, you know, maybe are underachieving this year, um, I wanted to talk about the Colts. Um, so they're passing the ball the second most in the NFL this season. Uh, their, their run game has been really disappointing after being the best run game in the league last year. Um, they've, they've had some turnover up front as well, um, you know, which has hurt them and then maybe mismanaged the, the unit a little bit as well with Matt Pryor, you know, playing tackle. Now he's at right guard and Dennis Kelly's at left tackle. 
I think that they could probably win with this unit, maybe. Um, but that maybe winning with is much better than what you know they had to do over the first you know several games of the year where you had to win in spite of the unit. Um, so they're in a little bit better of a spot now, but still they could upgrade. Uh, you know, via the trade deadline, I think left tackle, I think there's some names out there. And this ties into a question we got um, as well from, from somebody, um, you know, in terms of trade deadline moves we'd like to see. I mean, Dennis Kelly's, you know, fine, but I think you could probably upgrade that if you want. Uh, I don't, I just don't know exactly what the Colts are doing either. Now, benching Matt Ryan, you know, it's 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 very difficult to to explain their process, but based on what they have in place now, the starting five, do you agree that you could probably win with this unit, you know, moving forward? And and would you potentially, you know, try to add somebody via the trade deadline at left tackle? I think you can win with this unit, and I think um, the matter of the pieces in place with Indy up front. I think they've had five or six guys that they can win with. They were five or six pieces that were out of place, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really what the biggest thing was. I wasn't a fan of Matt Pryor playing left tackle. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that he should have been at guard. I think you put him at guard and Braden Smith at tackle from the start, you'd have been okay. Um, you know, I don't think uh, Raymond was ready to play. Um, the play strength was always a concern with me. I know it was with you. And then also the hand usage on the edge, creating a short edge um, was always uh, an issue. I think he will get better, but he's not ready right now to step in and man that left tackle, So, which is why you've got a uh, veteran starter that has played some football in Dennis Kelly. Uh, I think that you're going to see probably another week or two this, this particular five start to jail and be functional. Uh, and there was kind of shades of that this past week. Uh, I know you and I talked about that, like this five in this sequence and this combination that they put up already has looked better. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this looks moving forward. Um, in terms of the trade deadline, it's really interesting because in past years, there's been a lot of options that can potentially move around in pieces. But when you look around the league, I mean, hell, look at the Jets alone. They've been through you know, four tackles, I think, or five tackles. Um, so in, in this regard, there's not a whole lot out there that you may be willing to trade for. Maybe, you know, an Isaiah win. Uh, you know, I don't see Jaguars listening for like a Walker Little. Um, so it's really interesting is some of the, the names that may came, come up. Um, you got a Cam Irving maybe in, uh, in Carolina. Josh Jones um, but, in Arizona. Josh Jones in Arizona, which I think Josh Jones is ready to start right now. Yes, you know? I agree. Based on preseason, I, I, think, I agree. But I think that Arizona knows that, you know, maybe Beecham or, you know, maybe right. this could be the last year for Beecham. Who knows? But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are some names that I would throw out there, too, as potential trade deadline targets. Um so, yeah, another unit that I think is interesting this year is the Chargers and what they've had to do, you know, adjusting for Rashawn Slater's injury, Corey Lindsley being in and out of the lineup. Um, they've, they've had some turnover as well. Uh, they're leading the league in passing attempts this season, um, which I think is, is, is interesting. Um, they're also running a lot of play action pass as well, which I think 
you know, is helpful. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and, and another thing is they're not taking many sacks. They've only taken 10 sacks this season, uh, which is, you know, tied for the second least in the league. So it's, it's interesting how they've been able to kind of piece together things up front, you know, losing an all pro left tackle, getting, you know, fine play from Jamari Sawyer, I think, uh, the rookie out of Georgia. Um, but I think the play action percentage is really helping them. Um, they're, they're leaving, you know, guys into block as well, going a lot of, you know, like max protect, I think as well. So they're, they're helping out guys, um, you, you know, at the same time, but I think that they've gotten pretty good play up front based on the injuries that they've had. And it's, it's been pretty impressive. I think that's a credit to the coaching staff um, and the quarterback, you know, as well. So I think it, they're a good example of losing a great player and having injuries and then being able to kind of work around that and still have, you know, a, a, a unit that is at least average, you know? So I think that's been kind of notable. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting because, you know, as you talked about, you lose Slater. Um, at one point, Corey Lindley was a little banged up. Um, I think Matt Filer has had been up and down this year. Um, and I don't know if he's dealing with some ailment, or, but he just hasn't quite looked like he did last year. Uh, and then Zion is up and down with some of the rookie stuff. You know, he flashes and has, uh, you know, some of those great moments that you see. Uh, and then it's funny, Trey Pipkins has been really steady, um, you know, just kind of steady Eddie. He's not going to be a world beater. Uh, you know, he's going to struggle with some of the elite guys um, or, you know, very good guys, but uh, just kind of steady Eddie and makes a difference in their run game. But they've gotten pretty good play out of that unit for what it is right now. Um, mm -hmm. I think the big thing that makes that unit go um, is you got to have Lindsley. Uh, yeah. ready to ready to roll at all times but it's interesting it'll be interesting to see you know how Zion comes along and then how Jamari comes along uh, with more games under their belt um, especially if the Chargers are going to want to uh, be in contention um, you know there's a, a, a lot of talk right now about Brandon Staley being on the hot seat with some of the decision making and just some of the spouts uh, and spurts of underperformance so it'll be interesting to see here um, what ends up happening with this unit and with this team as a whole. Yeah, their offense hasn't been particularly impressive, but in terms of strictly the offensive line, I think it's been pretty impressive what they've been able to kind of do with that unit up front, considering the injuries and, and all that. But they're in a bye week right now. I'm, I'll be very interested to see how they come out of it. Um, they're going to go to Atlanta in week nine. And uh, not not see a, a great defensive line there, but Grady Jarrett is, you know, a problem. And then and Lorenzo Carter. Carter. And Carter's yeah. playing really well, too. Lorenzo Carter uh, is playing well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because the other thing that you have to really evaluate that unit is the inability to consistently run the football and got to have it moments. Yeah. That, and I think that's, I think that's really uh, where you miss a Rashawn Slater, mm -hmm. um, where you knew they ran that toss crack a lot. Um, much like Miami and the Saints did with Teron Armstead, uh, they're not getting that. And, then, you know, Slater's just a difference maker in terms of his ability to cut off the backside and some of the things that uh, impact blocks, as we like to say. So you're not getting that. Uh, and so it's, it's really interesting dynamic. And, again, I, I want to see what they do coming out the bye week to see if they do some things to address uh, uh, really the, the inability to consistently run the ball and they got to have it moments. 
All right. So let's let's break into some of these college prospects because I know you're watching college guys. I'm watching college guys. I Bleacher Report, we just came out with our initial top 100 big board. 